0: Welcome to the Thursday edition of Holy Week. Today is sometimes called Monday Thursday. It is the day that Jesus celebrates the Passover with his disciples. Passover, as you might remember, was the celebration of God choosing to bring his people out of Egypt, out of the kingdom of darkness. And the ritual piece of that was the marking of the door frames of all of the houses of Israel with the blood of a slain lamb. Now, that sounds a little morbid to us. (laughs) The life is in the blood, as God told Noah. And so... So blood stood for a sign of something not dead, but something that is alive. The, the blood stood for life. It's hard for us to kind of conceive of that, to understand that. And I think that's probably because in our cultural context, blood is kind of a sign for Halloween or horror movies, right? It's, 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 it's dead, it's scary, it's something like that. Uh, but in the biblical mind, blood, blood stood for life. Of course, If you need blood, you know how important blood is, that the life really is in the blood. That is a true observation. And so, on this day so long ago, we received what we have also passed on. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And this ritual act stuck with us. If you've gone to any kind of church, you've probably done this before. If you go to a weird church like mine, you do this every Sunday. We eat the bread and we drink the juice to remind ourselves of Jesus. In fact, Paul, as he recounts it, says this is how Jesus told us to remember him. But you know how people are. This led to all kinds of arguments and conflicts about what the bread and the wine actually do are they are they magic is it a magical meal that everyone has to eat and if you don't eat it you aren't actually a christian you aren't actually saved Um, does it confer real grace is it a sign of remembrance all of these things are, are kind of old boring arguments but what strikes me is that jesus chooses a table and a meal with his friends Like, strip away everything else. What is happening? There is Jesus and his friends having a a very common meal at a common table together. And then he calls his friends to regather and to eat together later on, after he's gone. That actually doesn't sound very theologically complicated, does it? I mean, when I gather with my family to eat holiday meals, man, we always bring up those who went on before, saying things like, Oh man, like remember how Aunt Terry used to always see a sale. Like it didn't matter what, she could see the sale, she spotted the sale, and she went to the sale, and she'd always grab it, and she'd always buy it, and she'd always use her catchphrase, you can't afford not to. <laughs> and we'll all break out laughing. Well, in fact, sometimes we'll just throw it out there. You can't afford not to. We remember, and memory brings life to me again, as I, as I remember all the joy That she brought me. And then I remember to pick up a sail (laughs) Now and then. That is it. We're the ones who have made it complicated and conflict riddled. My friends, Jesus is way less into rituals than we give him credit for. He calls his friends together after he dies to remember his teachings and his ways. And he commemorates it all with, get this, the poorest food at the table. The poorest table in all of Israel that day, doesn't matter how bad you were, right? You had bread and you had wine or you died. Like that was, that was common food. I remember a controversy years back over inner city missions using chips and Coke because it was the common food and people looking down. Or I read one time of an African Catholic who was talking about why they should use this food, this this stuff called millet, because that's what the average poor person ate in Africa and that they shouldn't have to hunt for grain for bread because that's not as common. Jesus chooses the thing that everyone has access to. And he calls everyone to the table to share it together so that all of us could eat and so that all of us could know God's love through him and through that meal with one another. And man, isn't that his driving point? Isn't that what he's after? Even even here as we can feel the story beginning to kind of narrow in to the full injustice, inhumanity, and sheer unmitigated indignity of the cross as the evil of human fear falls in its fullness upon Jesus, our Passover lamb. This is, why, this is why there's this promise, even as Jesus says these words, he says, I will not eat again until, if you've got a Bible, underline that word, right? That's a promise, until I eat it new with you in the kingdom. And that feast will have all of the richness of all of the ages poured out upon that table. But imagine what will food drink be to us when we are gathered together with the saints and the sinners and the angels and God himself right in the midst of us. And Jesus demonstrating even in the kingdom an ordinary table full of ordinary food, calling ordinary people together to experience the extraordinary grace of God. Peace and strong coffee.